This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Week 8 ends with an overtime win for the New Orleans Saints, at least before Sunday night and Monday night. We got some injury updates. Uh, Three 49ers left with an injury. That should just be, just expect that at this point. We welcome you to Fantasy Football today. We'll tell you all about what happened on Sunday. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. Dave, in 30 seconds or less, what is your biggest takeaway from Fantasy Week 8? I felt like there was no good defense played in week eight that every team, like the defenses that did well in fantasy were because of bad offensive play. And maybe that's the case every week. Maybe we've just been blind to this, but there was, there, there were fleeting moments of good defensive play. From oh, I game got to one game to game. I got one. The Miami dolphins. Right. But that was because Jared Goff looked like a, he looked like Ben DiNucci in the first half. <laughs> he looked terrible. Oh, he was 61 he, he, times. He didn't get going until he hit Robert Woods on a middle-of-the-field throw in the third quarter, and then from that point forward, he was he was on point. Okay. That was don't your know biggest takeaway? I don't know why. That, yeah, that was a strange. The I, whole week? I knew Dave was going to say that because he was talking about it on text. But Heath, what's... I use the word that I can't say on the podcast. Well, what's your uh, biggest takeaway in 30 seconds or less, Heath? Um... The, the Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf thing is an every other week thing, and you shouldn't play Tyler Lockett after his big games, and you probably shouldn't play DK Metcalf <laughs> after his big game. Oh, there were two things in particular that held up this week. One, you know, I certainly did not make a start-sit decision on, but I told you, in eight of his previous nine games uh, following 100-yard performances, Tyler Lockett followed it up with 60 or fewer yards the next week. Or no, just fewer than 60 yards. Oh, so now it's nine no, out I got a better one. Well, okay, but then the next thing, the more important one that you should remember going forward, wide receivers with six or more targets against the Bengals. It's now seven of the last eight have had either 86 yards or a touchdown. Two more today. A.J. Brown scored a touchdown. Corey Davis had a big game. So six or more targets against the Bengals is almost a lock for good fantasy production. Heath, what would you like to amend your biggest takeaway? No, I'm good with that one. Okay. That was weird. (laughs) That was weird. All right. Watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Hope you all enjoyed the Halloween episode. Got a little wacky, a little spooky. Um, And listen to all of our podcasts, cbssports.com slash podcasts or podcasts. I think they both take you to the same destination. cbssports.com slash podcasts. We have so many great shows. All things covered with Bryant McFadden and Patrick Peterson. Um, We've got... uh, uh, David Sampson's podcast, which is great. We got our golf podcast. I mean, just such great shows across the CBS Sports Network. So uh, you know, pay attention. How was your um, How was your Halloween, guys? Dave, how was your Halloween? Before I get to the, the Grinch who stole Halloween, quiet. Not nearly as many trick or treaters as we normally get. We live in a neighborhood with lots of families and young kids, so that was a little little sad, but yeah. sign of the times, and that's okay. Yeah. And then I went and I had a humongous pasta dish, and it was amazing. <laughs> Pappardelle pasta mm. with short rib and uh, melted mozzarella with crispy Brussels sprouts and, and onions in there. Oh, it was so good. Okay. So good. Heath, how about you? Happy Halloween. I, I, I am so fat. Um, well, it's weird to say happy Halloween after it's Halloween, but I like really knocked it out of the park this year with Halloween. Uh, took my kid around the block one time. I dressed up as Patrick Mahomes. I just wore my Patrick Mahomes jersey. Oh. And I took him around the block one time, and then I took him to a brewery, and we had some food truck wings. 
Cool. And then I took him to a mini golf place and we played haunted mini golf. It was all decorated oh, for that's Halloween. Cool. I love and that. And then place. we came home and watched it. Which one? Uh, the not the most recent it. Not really it good. Too. Really good, right? I, outs- I, what I didn't realize until I watched it was how much Stranger Things was a ripoff. Oh, yeah, you're um, right. I mean, it, it is pretty similar. Yeah. and total ripoff in almost every single way. Well, but, Stranger Things is a ripoff of so many things, but it's more of an homage. But yeah, but I love it. Like, it's my, my 11-year-old's favorite show by far. He's already watched it four times all the way through, Stranger Things. Oh, wow. And so he'd never really watched a scary movie. So this was his first, and it was a perfect one to choose because of the similarities between that and Stranger That's Things. That's great. Yeah, and it was a surprisingly very good movie. I was impressed. I watched the, I finished the a haunting. surprisingly very good job by me on Halloween. Actually. Yeah, good job. You don't really deserve it, but good job. Uh, enjoying <laughs> Halloween. Uh, I finished The Haunting of Bly Manor. I cannot recommend more strongly The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. They both were so good, and they're on Netflix, um, so enjoy them. Okay, George Kittle hurt his foot or his ankle. Do, you go, do we know what it is? Lower extremity. I do not. No. All right. No fracture on the initial x-rays. They have Green Bay next week. Tevin Coleman left with a knee injury early in the game. I think he only had three carries. Three carries, 20 yards. So Jermichael Hasty scored a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon had three carries for negative one yard and one touchdown. Uh, so I guess if you started them, I guess you're kind of happy. And Jimmy Garoppolo left with an ankle injury. Score may have had something to do with that. He, Nick, I think Garoppolo had one fantasy point. Nick Mullins came in and had 20 or 21 in the fourth quarter. So that was fun. Uh, Marquise Brown wants the ball, guys. He uh, he's a, he's well, he got it. Nah, he's not enough. Right? He's the squeaky wheel now. He did catch one touchdown, yes. Um, so he wants the ball. He said he's not getting the ball enough. So we like that, I guess, going forward. Ronnie Stanley, though, their left tackle, we don't like this. He's out for the season with a broken ankle. That stinks, and they lost their left guard to an injury in the first quarter too. So rough day for the Ravens. Bad loss and lost two offensive linemen. Don't know about uh, the seriousness of the other injury. I just know Stanley's out for the year. Do we know about Daryl Henderson? And he's going into his bye week. Anything on him? He left with a thigh injury. That's all I've got right now is the thigh injury, and I can double-check when exactly he left in the game. Game script may have played a role in that one, too. Remember, the Rams were down big. Yeah. Um, And then they kind of came back. So let me double-check on that. I'll let you know in a sec. Okay. Open the door a little bit for Cam Akers. He was okay. So, yeah. So yeah. I got it right here. His last touch was in the middle part of the second quarter. It was on the uh, golf sack fumble touchdown return for the Dolphins. Didn't play after that. So he was probably, probably not a blowout type of deal. We will see. And Cam Akers looked okay. There was one catch he had where he showed off everything that he did at FSU. It was great to see. Chargers Broncos came down to the last play of the game from the one yard line after a pass interference call and Drew Locke threw a touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. It was a great way to finish the game. And then he did a really bad dance on the field. It was really awkward. So that was my last piece of big news. Uh, The bad weather games. Going into this, we had four games I think that we were pretty uh, nervous about maybe. Five? I'd say five. Well, we on FFT and five, I said I wasn't as worried about the Saints and Bears game because it had been dropped by Kevin Ross to yellow from orange or red threat level. And I think that mostly played out. I don't think the wind was as bad there today. 
I, no, it, it it wasn't. But there were definitely times where it was a factor. And Breeze, um, surprise, Breeze didn't throw the ball down the field, but Foles did. Yeah, Drew Breeze. We can talk about that more later. But like, I made the joke that the wind wouldn't affect him because he never throws it more than five mm-hmm. yards, right. and it was affecting his five yard throws. Like he has <laughs> nothing. But he's still scoring a lot, like a good amount of fantasy points. He's doing it all without Michael Thomas the last two weeks. But he's not Emmanuel scoring Sanders. a good amount of fantasy points for a fantasy quarterback in today's game. Like he is like consistently around 18th. No, oh, oh, oh 18th. I thought you were going to say 18 points. Uh, yeah. So I think he's got 23 or more fantasy points in four of his last five games. That's exactly that what he has. That sounds right. But how many of them were like close to 30? Not, no, uh, not many. Maybe one. Yeah. And he's had some rushing touchdowns, so it's been a little fluky. But again, he's had Michael Thomas for one game. Are are you not encouraged by his productivity considering he hasn't had his wide receiver? I I think he's the type of quarterback that you're happy to have on your fantasy team until you can find a better fantasy quarterback. Okay. All right, well, let me me ask you guys about the weather. Uh, Did we learn any lessons? I don't know that we're going to have a weekend like this again, but you look at the passing yards for the eight quarterbacks involved in the four games that were kind of flagged, maybe five. Aaron Rodgers had 291 yards. And when he threw the deep ball to Robert Tanya, it didn't seem like he really threw it great. So uh, uh, I disagree. I thought that was okay. Uh, okay, I thought he missed him. He had him. He makes a better throw. It's probably a touchdown. Uh, Joe Burrow, two hundred. Oh, okay. So you're thinking that the wind may have knocked it down. Maybe. Yeah. Joe Burrow, two hundred forty-nine yards. Tannehill, two thirty-three. Then it gets ugly. Cam, one seventy-four, which is actually pretty good for him. That's good for Cam. <laughs> Cousins, one sixty. I think he threw like fourteen passes. That's it. Josh Allen, one fifty-four. Baker Mayfield, one twenty-two. Only attempted like eighteen passes. Yeah, Josh Allen did. Right. Baker, you were saying Mayfield, one twenty-two. Derek Carr, one twelve. So yeah. I think if you got away from the passing games, you probably were pretty smart doing that. Yeah, except I got away from the passing games on several teams and. The, I was pretty encouraged because I was able to find Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo on the waiver wire. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was. Uh, but you made the right call, though, at least with Garoppolo, I think. See, like, you should have started Mullins. No, I should have I started one of the quarterbacks that are, that are actually maybe good. But these guys, didn't have, these guys didn't have good games, really, except for Rodgers. No, but they were better than, much better than Garoppolo. But Rodgers had a funky game. Yeah, he, I, I don't think you can blame that one so much on the wind. No, but he scored like 28 points or something. I like know, that. right, right, right. He he really should have had more. There was a series, and this is when they were somehow going for it on fourth and 10 when it was still a close game, where he had his pass catchers drop four consecutive passes. Wow. First down to Irvin drop, second down to Irvin drop. And those are like on... Maybe stop throwing it to Tyler Irvin. I'm telling you, and then the next two plays went to Equinemius St. Brown, who dropped them both. Well, it sounds like he's making poor choices in who he throws the ball to. (laughs) He's throwing it to who's open, and he's putting it right on the money, and those guys can't come through. He, I can't believe I'm saying this. He needs Alan Lazard back bad, or... He needs Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller bad. Yeah, could, could happen. Could happen. Well, I guess uh, my last point on this is, you know, if you if you were excited about Rashard Higgins, Nelson Aguilar, Cole Beasley, you pick them up. You don't have to necessarily panic. There was not a lot of passing in those games. In, in many of those games, there were not a lot of passing yards. Higgins had 14 yards. Aguilar kind of dropped a touchdown, but he ended up with no catches on two targets. Cole Beasley, two catches for 24 yards. 
AJ Green was terrible. Adam Thielen was terrible. Justin you Jefferson throw, was terrible. You could throw Harrison Bryant in there. Yeah, and he fumbled. AJ Brown had only 24 yards. One of them was a touchdown. One catch was a touchdown, so that's nice. So, all right, we can move past uh, that. Let's do some buy or sell. Jonathan Taylor cannot be trusted. Buy or sell. That would have made it good, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I will. It depends on what you mean by that. But I will buy it for next week and sell it for the rest of the season. They face the Baltimore Ravens in their next game. And I don't know coming off of that type of performance. My take on this is I don't actually believe there is a chance that Jordan Wilkins is better. I don't actually believe there's a chance that Jordan Wilkins is going to be the lead back in this backfield. But there's clearly something going on right now where Jonathan Taylor is not doing the things that they want him to do or the things that he needs to do to be successful. And so I don't have a great deal of confidence that he's going to get more than half of the touches in week nine and they're facing the Ravens. And so it will be difficult to start him in week nine, but I still think that rest of season, he'll be a starting fantasy running back. I'm going to take a stab at it. It looks like he's slow to process plays because he's not, it, it feels like he's not running freely. Whereas at least for one week, Jordan Wilkins did. This was a career high game for Wilkins. 20 carries is a career high. 89 rush yards is a career high. Uh, I I think he bought himself some playing time. And I think that'll hurt him because now he's going into this matchup against the Ravens. Yeah. The, the buy low window on Taylor is open, but it's, it's going to end up being pretty low. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we heard they spent the whole bye week working on their run game. And Taylor, yeah, Taylor didn't apparently wasn't part of that. <laughs> he, I mean, look, a, a guy who's supposed to be a beast, you know, sub four, four speed and physical as hell. He's running into that offensive line and not going anywhere. He looks a lot. Oh man, this, I, I oh, don't even say his name. Whose name do you think I'm going to say? Yeah, Trent Richardson. You say Trent Richardson's name three times. We just said it twice. He's going to appear if you say it. So don't do it. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Taylor finished with 11 carries for 22 yards and two catches. Naeem Hines had a great game. He had five carries, but he had three catches, 54 yards, and two touchdowns, including a tremendous touchdown catch and cartwheel afterwards. And Jordan Wilkins had... Was that a cartwheel or a flip? I think it started as like a back handspring and turned into a flip or something. Yeah, his floor show was amazing. Yeah, Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown and one catch. Philip Lindsay is the best Denver running back rest of season buy or sell. Bye. Uh, this gets old. Um, yeah, I would buy it. <laughs> is that are, is Azer two for two on stealing your two for two? Believe it or not, it's, that's what he tries to do. I'm just trying to give you content to embed in I your story. I just don't think that I need to do believe it or not for the show anymore. I, I think Adam should do it next week. I do. I mean, I, I didn't know this, first of all. Just, you know, I guess we're taking the Maybe low. we just need better coordination before the show. We I need can to, try and Philip Lindsay is that. the best running back for the Broncos rest of the season. I believe it. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Now, he only had six carries. Gordon only had eight. Lindsay had, I think, a 55-yard run. Gordon had 26 yards on eight carries. I guess the only counter here is, like, Gordon had six catches and Lindsay had one. So, you know, a better one, a better one is this. Buy or sell, you can feel comfortable starting a Denver running back rest of season. Sure, I believe it. You start them both. Start them both? They've, they've got to see what Lindsay's done now in their wins. They beat the Patriots. Philip Lindsay had 100 yards. I know Melvin didn't play in that game, but Melvin didn't play in that game. Okay, it's kind of his fault that he didn't play. And then 
Melvin no, did he play was this sick week. in that game. Wasn't he sick? What, what was he really sick, or I, did he, you know, the DUI? too much glug glug vroom vroom? I don't know. All right, so he he didn't make it, and Philip Lindsay has played very well. Not I don't know, not very well. He's he's been hyper efficient. He's got some breakaway speed. They need that in the offense. All right, buy or sell. Jarvis Landry is a great buy low candidate. Hmm. Um, I, I think you're probably going to have a chance. Like I wouldn't make any trade offers for him before waivers run by low. I think that like you may buy him low off the waiver wire. They have a buy this week and his owner, his rot manager may say buy to him. Mm -hmm. And so you won't have to buy. You well, can just yeah. add him. Here's where you're I'm, looking at his schedule, right? No, I'm looking at this. I, I'm looking at the fact that he dropped a touchdown, and you know, if he had caught a touchdown, fantasy managers just wouldn't be dropping him. He would have had over 70 yards and a touchdown in this game, but he ended up with four catches for 52 yards on 11 targets. He had a lot more targets than anyone else, and uh, you know, he's coming off a bye. If he can get healthier, if if you are a healthy Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham were out, I think we'd be treating him. Like a top twenty-four player it ends. It depends. Um, and this, uh, like, I'll just steal from what I was going to say later, I guess. But six of eight games for the Browns, they've thrown for less than two hundred and twenty yards. So, yeah, if it's Jarvis Landry as a healthy Jarvis Landry on an offense that averages two hundred and ten yards passing per game, no, I'm probably out. All right. Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, Giants, Jets. That's their schedule from week 10 it's through good. week 16. It's very it's favorable. really good. I don't really want to give up anything more than my worst bench player for Jarvis Landry. I think Heath's right. He'll get dropped in a ton of leagues. Just pick him up. I bet you he doesn't. I, he's 96% rostered. I I bet it doesn't get below How like How many 85%. touchdowns has he caught this year? How many 100-yard games has he had this year? I just think. Uh, Why are right, we'll see. On we'll see. You wouldn't. You wouldn't hold on to him if he's my worst bench going player, and I need to not. fill up. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just if, do if the next one? If, All right, if the, he's my worst bench player, I'm just answering the question. Uh-huh. Worst bench player, and I need to replace starters who are on bye in week nine. Yes, he's cuttable. Do I want to cut him? No. Okay. Okay. So, uh, buy or sell, the following players are all better than Lamar Jackson rest of the season. Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, and Drew Brees. Sell. Two out of three ain't bad. You're not buying Brees. I'm not 100% sure that I'm buying any of them. Um, I think it's an interesting conversation with Herbert and Brady and Jackson. Uh, But... I certainly wouldn't think that there's very good odds at all that all three of them are better than him. And chances are only one of them will be better than him. He had another day. I'm sorry, Heath. I didn't mean to talk. I thought you were done talking. He had another day with erratic passing. There's been too many of them this year. And he's not making up for it with gaudy rushing numbers. The rushing numbers are great. No one's complaining. But you almost wish that it was like last year. And it's not. Well, he's look, just not Dave, he's had he's had more than 53. He's had 53 or more rushing yards in all but one game. And the one game he didn't, he had that ankle injury, that leg injury during practice that week. He didn't practice. So he wasn't running. So if you're going to tell me that he's going to rush for 
850 or more yards, that should be enough. Like he has to be really bad as a passer to rush for 850 or more yards and not be a great fantasy option. He's turning and the ball he only over too much. Had, he, he only had a bad fantasy day today because of turnovers. He had right. four, he had two fumbles and two interceptions. That's not turnovers haven't been a problem for him. Like this is just playing in a very, very good defense. Some have said the best defense in the league. It's definitely up there as one of the best defenses in the league. But again, it's he's not getting the job done as a passer like we've seen before. And he only has two rushing touchdowns this year. And you mentioned the 53 rush yards. That's all well and good. He's got one game this year with over 85 rush yards and two with over 75 rush yeah, yards. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, that, you're talking over 53 a game. So I was just throwing out That's 80. That's great. So just where are the rest of the numbers? Where are the well, rest of the touchdowns that, well, but today, he, you know, hung on everybody every week? But today he had, like, if he throws for 200 yards and rushes for 60 yards and has two touchdowns every week, he's a top three or four quarterback. 26. Right. That's right awesome. Yeah. I, Justin Herbert and Tom Brady are probably not going to average 26 fantasy points per game the rest of the way. I don't know about that. 26. I mean, I bet they're, uh, that's, I don't know if that's, let me tell you how many are averaging that now, but all right. Well, uh, so who's, who do you definitively have ranked ahead of Lamar Jackson rest of season? If you're doing rest of season rankings right now, Wilson, Holmes, Wilson, Mahomes. Murray, Mahomes. Right. I think Roger still belongs. I think Herbert belongs too. I think Brady, now that he's going to have Antonio well, Brown. In I'm that saying definitively court. that you're putting them ahead of him. Or I, are they I'm just telling in... you, this is my answer. Okay, okay, because I thought you were like kind of, you know, those guys are close. I didn't know if they were definitively better. So those six, you said. Mahomes, Wilson, if, if I Rogers. I think you said Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers, Murray, Brady, and Herbert. If I was saying the, definitively, sure. Wilson and Mahomes would be the only two I'd say definitively. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, last one for me. Buy or sell. Devontae Parker is worse than Corey Davis. Rest of season. Devontae Parker is worse than Corey Davis. Parker caught a touchdown, but it was his only catch on two targets, three yards. It was a hell of a throw from Tua. Yeah. It really you, okay, was. Okay, honestly, Super just, tight just you love Tua. Okay, you love him, Dave. You are He didn't in have love. a great game. He, he really didn't have a great game in his first start. Oh, I was great throw from three yards out. Tua, no. what, a, what a bullet. Devontae Parker was giving a defender from the Rams a piggyback ride. Yeah, it was a great catch is what it was. No, the ball had to be placed in the exact right spot. Three yards away. Nailed it in. <laughs> Listen, Adam, he only averaged away. four yards per attempt. <laughs> the three-yard completion is like in his 75th percentile. I, no, he did not have a great game otherwise, which was a little surprising for me. Corey Davis, meanwhile, had 10 targets for the second consecutive game. And well, we, we set it up for you. Like, this could have been a good game for him, and it was. Eight catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown at Cincinnati. Schedule is so much harder. His next four games are the Bears, the Colts, the Ravens, and the Colts I'll again. Sell. I'll sell. So you like Parker better than Davis? Yes. Dave? I really don't feel very comfortable starting either one. I think I'm ready to say Davis over Parker because I think Davis is going to end up getting more targets from game to game. Okay. Well, 
Who led the Dolphins in targets this week? It was Miles Gaskin. We will talk about him a little bit later. We also will talk about Clyde edwards Zelaire. He's in our winners and losers section. Guess which section he's in, people. Hmm. And, uh, and a lot more news and notes coming up in a bit. Let me tell you, though, about Grammarly. Really, really cool website. Grammarly.com. Go to Grammarly.com slash FFT and get 20% off Grammarly Premium. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT. Grammarly Premium gives you real-time feedback and insights to help you elevate your writing through tone, word choice, clarity, and more. And I'll tell you, the other day, I had to write an email to someone kind of important, I guess, you know, someone from outside the company, so I needed to sound like a professional, which is hard for me. I didn't want to sound like a dummy. So I wrote the email, but actually, before I sent it, I wrote it in Grammarly, right there on the website at Grammarly.com. So I have the Grammarly premium subscription, and it's really helpful. Grammarly would probably tell me to use stronger words than like than really helpful. You know, it would, be, it would give better suggestions. But you can see so much. Uh, you can see why I use it so much. Why it's so helpful. It just it gives you ideas on how to take whatever you're writing and make it stronger, better vocabulary, um, you know, better grammar, obviously spelling mistakes, and just different word choice to make things more succinct. Like take out this word. You don't need it. Uh, things that just make you, make it more clear, more engaging, and the delivery is better. So this just makes your your words words more powerful and more meaningful, I would say. If you need to write a paper, if you're writing a cover letter, if you're updating your LinkedIn profile, you can use Grammarly for so many different things. It's extremely helpful and it's really, really easy to use. I use it, so now you get in there, give it a try. Elevate your writing with 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash FFT. That is 20% off Grammarly Premium at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT. News and notes, we've got some quarterback news. Gardner Minshew is not expected, expected to play next week. If he is no longer the quarterback for the Jaguars, guys, what impact does it have on everyone? Chark, Robinson, Chenault, etc.? Heath, you want to take this one, or do you want? I don't to, think we have any idea. I can't imagine. I don't think there's not a reasonably or a reasonable strong take to have. We don't have any idea how good Jake Luton is. Um, if they don't think he's ready, and we're we're rolling Mike Glennon out there, then I think it's probably not a great impact for DJ Chark um, or anyone else in the offense. It's James Robinson, and I wouldn't trust anybody else. Okay. Andy Dalton is expected to play next week. They are playing as we record this on Sunday night against the Eagles. Next week, Steelers, no big deal. Then a bye. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had an illness. We didn't know about that until... I didn't know about it until after kickoff. No. And they didn't make him inactive. Okay, so Jalen Ramsey had weird. an illness. Uh, Naeem Hines had a... Oh, I talked about that play. Just amazing play. I hope you can see the back handspring... Uh, T- cartwheel, whatever it was, he got a he got a what, nine out of ten. Celebration. It was a celebration. Is it, what it was. Backhand spring. <laughs> Ty Hilton left with a groin injury. Miles Gaskin hobbled off in the fourth quarter. But we don't think it's serious. Adam Humphreys left with a head injury. That was tough to watch. Gus Edwards left, but he returned. Deontay Johnson left, but he returned. Wasn't really anywhere to be found, but he did returned. He? What he did he? <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh defensive lineman Cam Hayward left with an injury with eight seconds left. A uh, great player. We'll keep an eye on that. Chicago right tackle Bobby Massey got hurt in the first quarter. New Orleans defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins left with an injury in the first half. I did not see if he was able to come back. Minnesota cornerback Cam Dantzler was carted off after a neck injury. 
That was scary. Yes. Yeah. Tough injuries today. And Las Vegas right tackle Trent Brown was taken to the hospital after the team messed up his IV. Weird. That's scary. Yes. You also forgot a major injury. Oh, no. What did I forget? Kenny Galladay. Oh, my God. Hip. I am very sorry about that. I can't didn't believe I didn't even have a catch. That. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely saw it. I had it in the notes. I must have deleted it, and I Don't apologize. Worry, bud. I got your back. I thank you. Thank back. you. Uh, and Chicago wide receiver Javon Wims, he just just punched the guy. It was really weird. He like po- poked him in the face or something, and then he was like backed off, and then he's like, no, no, I'm going to punch you now. Very strange. He punched him in the helmet. Yeah. I think um, I saw on Twitter that was the same guy that Michael Thomas got in trouble for punching. It is. C.J. So. Gardner-Johnson, very punchable. Apparently, yeah. Um, like I can, I get it. I've, I've, I've not done that, but there have been lots of times. Stop. With certain coworkers, where I like just wanted to <laughs> run up and punch them in the face. Are you telling me that you, uh, you think Adam should wear a helmet from now on? Everybody uh. knows when he knows you're going to be there. Hey, I, it's good advice. All right, let's would do. You, our, how mad would you have to be at somebody to punch them in the head when they're wearing a helmet? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if I can take any more of Heat's Believe It or Not, and we'll find out. <laughs> winners and losers. All right, Dave's winners are Zach Moss. He and Devin Singletary both had 14 carries for a little more than 80 yards. Good gate day running the ball for the Bills. But Moss had two touchdowns, one from eight yards, one from four yards. And Robert Tunyon was the other winner for Dave. Let's start with Zach Moss. What's your takeaway here? I think he's the better running back moving forward in Buffalo, and it's because of his opportunity to score inside the 10 we were reminded of that uh today and i think honestly like last week when i watched him and singletary play there wasn't a discernible difference between the two and given the fact that they both had the same amount of carries and the same nearly the same amount of yards maybe not so much of a discernible difference this week either but i think zach moss has a chance just the fact that he's their short yardage guy or their red zone guy or you know, inside the 10 yard line guy, whatever you want to call it. I think it helps him. Mm-hmm. Now, bigger picture. When you look at a guy who's in a backfield by committee and doesn't catch a lot of passes, is this the time to try to sell Zach Moss? You absolutely could try. There are desperate fantasy managers that are interested in taking on um, running backs after any running back. That's got a chance at, 12 plus touches and goal line work on top of it. Mm-hmm. So you can do it. He's got Seattle next week at Arizona and then a bye. Okay. Not the worst schedule. And then uh, Robert Tunyon is your other winner. He was only started in 27% of leagues, rostered in 74%, five mm-hmm. catches, 79 yards, and a, oh, no touchdown, sorry, on no seven touchdown. targets, but five catches for 79 yards against Minnesota. Encouraged by the seven targets, he got to work early and late for the Packers. And if they don't make a trade at the deadline and Alan Lazard is still at least another week away, I think he's the most reliable target for Aaron Rodgers outside of Devontae Adams. Heath, your winners are Corey Davis and Miles Gaskin. Davis with 128 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Two straight games with 10 targets. And he's been double-digit PPR fantasy points every game this year. And then Gaskin... 18 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown, plus three catches for 16 yards. So let's start with Corey Davis. What are you thinking there? I just think like he is fantasy relevant, and it's more of a dynasty win maybe than it is a, a uh, 
a redraft win because the schedule does get very difficult and he's going to be a number three wide receiver. He's not going to emerge and challenge AJ Brown to be the number one in this offense, but it's good to see. He made a couple of just really, really nice plays in this game. A couple of catches that look like that looks like a first round wide receiver. And it's, it's funny you compared him to Devontae Parker because Devontae Parker took about this long to be good in the NFL. So I, it was very encouraging. I, if you held on to him in Dynasty, great job, and just keep holding on. Okay, and then well, I, before we get to Miles Gaskin, guys, tell me real quick, who do you think is more valuable rest of season, Zach Moss or Corey Davis? Hmm. I, you've got to say Davis, right? Just because of the floor and PPR of 11 points. He's I think Moss has more perceived. Games. I think you can trade Moss for more. Oh, for sure. So that probably means he's more valuable. Yeah. Earlier this week, I declined Dave's trade offer of Zach Moss for Cole Beasley. I had Beasley. He offered me Moss. Should have taken that. If you'd like to go for it again, Dave. <laughs> uh, Miles Gaskin, 18 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown plus three catches for 16 yards. Led the team in targets. I've said all this already. And uh, your thoughts on Gaskin. You said most of them twice. Um, <laughs> I just said his stats. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get my helmet. I'll be right back, guys. He did no, fumble, I mean, didn't like, he? he is. Yeah, he this fumble. was a, a difficult matchup, and it's just further proof that Miles Gaskin is a set it and forget it running back. We had some concern about what would Tua be, do for his target share, and he was the only player, I think, like Preston Williams had five targets. Everybody else was like two or fewer. It was a game where he only threw 22 passes, and more than a fourth of them went to Miles Gaskin. Okay. Uh, would you rather have Miles Gaskin? I'd rather have Miles Gaskin than Zach Moss. Or James Robinson. Oh, I'll stick with Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Miles Gaskin or David Montgomery? Say it, Heath. Um, Montgomery. No. You look good today. <laughs> Dave was so disappointed. I yeah. wanted you yeah, to Dave, say Dave Gaskin. really hates David Montgomery. I don't hate him. I, I agree. I thought he had some great moments, but he's still, like, I'm, I'm thrilled he had 21 carries. And a couple of catches again. Where the hell are the it, touchdowns? Come it on. wasn't just 20. Like, he had 105 yards today, too. Yeah, against the good run defense. He had one big, big run, David Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that he finally runs the ball well, and he doesn't get his five catches. You know, he gets two, I think. But he so. had five targets. It was just didn't work out. Okay, okay. Losers. Yeah, I'll, take, I'll take Gaskin over Montgomery rest of the season. Let's go to Heath's losers. A.J. Green and Deontay Johnson. A.J. Green, two catches, 19 yards on five targets against Tennessee. Go. This was one of those where I kind of thought you guys were going to tell me that A.J. Green got hurt and I just wasn't watching the Bengals game enough to know. Um, he was outperformed not only by Tyler Boyd, not only by T. Higgins, but also by Auden Tate. Yep. Uh, the whole, I, I kind of really maybe wonder if they were trying to showcase him for a trade. Um, but regardless, I don't think as of right, like rest of season, I feel pretty secure in saying he's the number three wide receiver for the Bengals, mm -hmm. which means that you're going to be hopeful that he's a number two wide receiver on a weekly basis, but you'd rather not have to start him. He had 24 targets in the two games combined coming into week eight. And so people that started him were doing so with the belief that the Bengals would throw a lot and that he would get a big share of those targets. And it didn't happen because Auden Tate got in there and 
Burrow had 37 pass attempts. I'm not sure where that ranks compared to how he'd been doing in the previous two games. Might be um, a little low. Yeah, I don't also, know. They, but it was fewer passing yards, a lot fewer passing yards. Part of the problem, might, and part of the reason those targets kind of disappeared was because throwing to A.J. Green for most of the season has not been a profitable endeavor. No, it's been a chain-moving endeavor. At and they, they were able to do some of that with the ground game for the first time this year. We got Team Geo going. They had Geo with 15 carries. Samaje Pirine. Yeah, what was that all about? 10 carries, 32 yards, a touchdown. The only How is he th- playing ahead of Travion Williams? The only thing I want to know, though, about this is um, A.J. Green's A dot this year is 14.1 yards before week eight. 14.1 yards run when targeted. That's his average depth of target. Um, Not really conducive to a bad weather game. So is that why perhaps Green had a bad game? Well, maybe. Um, But again, like the week before against a fantastic matchup in the Browns, he turned 13 targets into 82 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that... That was a good game because he saw 13 targets, but he did a bad job with them. Corey Davis or AJ Green, rest of season? Corey Davis. I don't mind Davis there one bit. And his A dot was higher before those two previous games, weeks of six and seven. Oh, okay. His uh, A dot did go down a little bit in those two games. It was still over 10, still over 12, actually. And, but he was running a lot more of those in breaking routes. He just wasn't targeted as often today. Bengals were able to run the ball. Deontay Johnson, one catch for six yards on three targets. And loser, Deontay Johnson. And another injury. Like, I don't know how much, and this this is, like, I, I don't know all the things that happen in all the games. How much of this game would you say that Deontay Johnson missed because of injury? Not a lot. Okay. So this, because, like, for me, the main reason I would say he's a loser is it's no longer certain if he's going to lead the team in targets. And I'd kind of settled in after that last week that, and Juju looked pretty good at times in this game. So I, um, I'm kind of, I think we kind of joked on the FFT this morning about sports line had all the Steelers wide receivers ranked in the forties. And I kind of just want to rank them all like back to back to back from 30 through 32 every week. And, um, not deal with it. Juju had a lot of really tough catches. I mean, he was he was a beast out there, but only sixty seven yards on eight targets. Just everything's so short. But he, you know, he did make big plays. He was better, I think, on the field today than in the fantasy stat sheet. But at least I think he got you seven catches. So good in PPR. Dave, give me your losers. Um, we'll spend some time on on Clyde Edwards Elair, and then we'll do Ingram real quick, and then we'll get to the games. But Clyde Edwards Elair, this is. 14 carries in his last two games. And they just, I mean, like it was just Patrick Mahomes getting right today. Amazing game for Mahomes. But what do you think about Edward Zeller right now? I'm nervous because he had as many carries as Le'Veon Bell did. And Le'Veon had more catches than he did. Take that back. They had the same amount of catches, but he had more receiving yards. Le'Veon did. Neither one was particularly good. And I think you're right. It was probably a game where they were just like, all right, Mahomes is going to do his thing and chuck it deep and you know that's why he's still should be in the mvp race but it's uh it's frustrating because edwards elair was playing moderately well and now he's losing 
playing time and touches to Le'Veon, this is the second week in a row where they've been pretty even in terms of touches. I don't know how much it is in terms of playing time. I could figure that out if you were interested. No, it's okay. We'll talk about it later in the week. Miles Gaskin or Clyde Edwards-Eler? Like I'm getting so nervous to the point where I think I got to say Gaskin. I think I'd probably say Gaskin. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and he's still got a buy coming. I, you know, up. I hope I'm wrong on that because he's fun. But I, I, I want to look up the snap rate. I got to see what that is. All right, get back to us. Mark Ingram is another one of your losers. I'll just take this for Dave. Okay, like how can you have any faith in Mark Ingram at this point? Gus Edwards and Jake and J.K. Dobbins were so good today. Uh, they were just fantastic. So the only question I would have about listing Mark Ingram as one of the biggest losers is I'm not sure that he had enough to lose to where he could have lost more than some other people. Like he, he started off the day with like negative one XP. And so what, what could he have lost? Uh, Clyde Edwards either had 33 snaps. Bell had 17. Thank you to Ben Schrager here. And that was out of 66 snaps. What did Mark Ingram have to lose? He is rostered in 74% of leagues. It's probably just time. He's probably going to miss next week, too. What's the point of rostering him? You right? mean for the Ravens? <laughs> no. For your fantasy team. There's not. 74% no, not. rostered. He's an easy yeah. drop. He has Dobbins three catches. Dobbins and Edwards are an awesome twosome. Dobbins was making some great plays. I We he's, always he's, see... He's already good, and he can be so great. That we, always, we already see names, especially later in the year, and we're in the middle of the year already, where certain names just don't ever really fall off the radar because their fantasy managers quit. Uh, and I hope it's not that, week eight. That, that does happen. Yeah, oh, it does. Yeah, I just hope it's not happening yet. But I think, yeah, no, it's so I don't, it's over for Ingram. <laughs> no, not to say that when he comes back, it could be the same thing, but the same thing is not worth really rostering in 74% of leagues. Right. You're praying for a touchdown every week. All right, here we go. Let's go to the games. Buffalo 24, New England 21. Are you ready, Heath? Oh, I am so ready. Let's I'm do this. So, so ready. Because my I like I had a great one that I've already written up for this game. And it was by believe it or not, yeah. Zach Moss is going to be the best running back for the Bills rest of the season. Uh-huh. Um well, I left you Josh not, Allen. I Damian Josh Harris Allen. is a borderline starter each week. Well, the YPC people love Damian Harris, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, you would know. <laughs> uh what was it again? Borderline starter? Borderline starter rest of season for Damian Harris. Uh, I'll buy it. Sure, I buy it too. Yeah, it's we, and that's one thing we didn't really ever ascribe to running backs in New England it, it, that we do with other teams is that running quarterbacks often help running back efficiency. And Cam hurts so bad because of the touchdowns that we don't think about that. But I think it could be having a positive impact on Harris, and he looks pretty good. Um, I wish that Rex Burkhead would totally go away, but he's he's working on that. Yeah, what about Sony Michelle when he's off IR? Do you think he messes this up? Hope not. Okay, Jacoby Myers could be fairly popular on waivers. You know, fairly, you know, he's 1% rostered, and he had six catches after he had uh, 60 yards last week. So I'm happy about that. There's something there. He's a good little player. Josh Allen barely threw today, 11 for 18, 154 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He ran for a touchdown. So now that is 16, or that is 19 or fewer fantasy points in four straight games for Josh Allen. 
Seattle and Arizona are next on the schedule. What do you guys think about Josh Allen rest of season? I'm going to start him against Seattle and probably play him in DFS too. I hope he's low owned, rostered. He he won't be. He'll be he'll be really popular. They'll expect a bounce back game in which should be a high scoring game. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's a lot of anti Josh Allen sentiment. I think, and he's been bad for fantasy four games in a row. So should we still consider him a rising star kind of player, or just like I think he's fine. I think there's one thing like from this game. Watching the end of that game, and it's not fair to say this, and some Buffalo person is going to be mad at me, but it really felt like the Patriots were going to win this game on that final drive. I guess I mean, they, they, like were they were inside moving the 20. down the field with relative ease, uh-huh. and then there was a fumble. Right. So, what does that have to do with Josh Allen? I just don't know. I don't have any idea how good the Bills really are or Josh Allen. He was, they were arguably the best team in the AFC and he was arguably the best QB in the world for a month. Since then, they've looked an awful lot like the pre 2020 Bills. Yeah, you're right. And the pre 2020 Josh Allen. Well, this was the most, some of those Bill teams could run the football. And this was ran it pretty well today. They did. It's, I think it might be the first time all year that they've actually been competent at running the football yeah it's kind of true that's why you know i'm wondering if this game told us more about the patriots than it did about zach moss and devin singletary like it's pretty pathetic that the patriots just you know they had but earlier in the year and i don't remember what moss did in these games but earlier in the year devin singletary had a game where he ran for 71 yards on 13 carries that's he had a game where he ran for 56 yards on 10 carries yeah, okay. Like they, he's been he's been pretty disappointing. Now, look what Jeff Wilson did to them. Like Jeff Wilson last week crushed the Patriots. It's three weeks in a row where a running back has crushed the Patriots. All right. Well, listen, Josh Allen or and it's, uh, it's been Philip Lindsay, Jeff Wilson, and the Bills duo. Right. They haven't been playing against Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry. Okay, Josh Allen, rest of season. I guess, you're, I, I guess you're. T- not, okay. Okay. Good. No longer top six. All right. Next up, Minnesota twenty-eight, Green Bay twenty-two. Believe it or not, Dalvin Cook will be a top three running back rest of the season. <laughs> really? You could do better than that. Uh, uh, what do you think the answer is? Of course. Of, I yeah. Absolutely. So better than Christian McCaffrey? I think it's Kamara, McCaffrey, and Cook. So better than Derrick Henry? Yes, better than Derrick Henry. Yeah, I don't. I I I don't really necessarily agree with that. And if you could trade Dalvin Cook for Derrick Henry and pieces, I would definitely do that because you got a much larger injury concern with Dalvin Cook. This was an awesome superstar performance, and he has this ability. He's shown us this ability before. When he's at his best, he's right up there with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. But this is also a pretty bad slash mediocre team. And he gets hurt every four games. Uh, it, the way you're talking, it's like it's like Dalvin Cook had have a had a bad season before today. He has scored 16 or more PPR fantasy points in every game. I'm not saying he anything bad about Dalvin Cook. Sounds like the only thing that you can say negatively about him is the injury stuff, right? Like you're you're dead on about that. He's injury prone as well, hell. No, well, um, no like if we're comparing Vikings him to Derrick Henry, 
if we're comparing him to like the top three or four running backs in half of his games, he's got 65 or fewer rushing yards. Okay. I, I, all I, right. I, I think the devil's in the detail there, Heath, you said top three and I kind of, I fell for it. Good. Because so it was a good, believe it or not. What I saying. think it's a great, believe it or <laughs> Thank not. Thank you. He is not top three, but he's probably he's top, top four. He's top three for me. Um, so who, and, who's and really, he's in your like, top three with whom? With with Kamara and McCaffrey. And McCaffrey. Yeah. Okay. And really, the 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 passing game stuff. This was awesome that he had sixty three receiving yards, but he's got one game with more than two catches this year. Yeah. This was his first game with twenty five receiving yards this year. Right. He has not had a top like until this game. He's not had a season that would make you think he's a top three running back. It's kind of a strange year. I. I'd like to see... Okay, we had, I think, 14 running backs with 50 or more catches last year. And I'm just not sure we're going to get that this year. You know? Uh, I, I don't know. I, well, I, I really, injuries I'm, are playing a huge Yeah, I, I really have to... I'm doing this off the top of my head. But it just doesn't seem like that has been as important this year as it has been in the past. And I that is something that I talk about all the time. So I was hoping that was going to be once again important. But uh, look, who, look who, what's the, who cares? Dalvin Cook is amazing and... And uh, right. be happy to have him. I wish I had him on more teams. Um, let's see. Let's do something for the Packers here. Buy or sell, Alan Lazard should be one of the top waiver wire priorities this week. So, I'm not should be a top yeah. waiver wire priority, just not the top waiver wire priority. We're not 100% sure he's playing next week, right? Correct. What I saw, because he's returned to practice last week, but everything I saw was, man, that's usually like a six to seven week injury. And this is four weeks. I think he may still be a couple weeks away. And so, no, I do not. Think, I, I would sell okay. that. Jason Lockenfor reported this morning on Fantasy Football Today that the Packers have been sniffing around the Texans okay. for, those, for one of their receivers. Kansas City 35 and the Jets 9. Believe it or not. Frank Gore is not going to let LaMichael P. Ryan turn into a thing. Replace that with Adam Gase. But <laughs> <laughs> replace that with anything about the Jets. I I I don't think I do not think that P. Ryan is a thing. There are too many, too many things going against him. I, I believe that. You know, it's just tough to be on the worst offense in football and be a running back that's worth starting. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, um, if they he and Gore combined for 16 carries and he caught two passes in this game, and if he were getting 12 to 14 of those carries and the passing game work, I do think that he would probably be a borderline starter. But that does not seem to be like and we kind of moved towards that way last week, and then this week it was all Frank Gore early. I don't know why people keep saying that. They had the same amount of carries last week. Right. That was a move in the direction of Michael P. Ryan getting oh. double-digit touches on a weekly basis. Well, they had similar. I mean, they, they had the same amount of touches this week. They both had 10 touches. P. Ryan had eight carries. Gore had 10. Yeah, We're look, wasting time. I think, I, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like best-case scenario is Devontae Freeman, basically. And you roster him because you might need him some weeks, but you're never like, oh, can't wait to start Devontae Freeman. That's kind of how I see these types of situations. Uh, for the Chiefs, we talked about Clyde Edwards-Elair. Let me ask you about Tyreek Hill. 
Can he continue to be this good? He gets six targets almost every week, like on the nose. You know, his 16-game pace going into week eight was 71 catches, 1,003 yards, and 11 touchdowns on 110 targets, plus 123 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. So it just kind of felt like he was getting a little lucky. And today, six more targets, four catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Are, are you are you just fine with Tyreek Hill and I should shut up about it? Or is, do you think there's something here that's kind of concerning underneath the numbers? If you're nervous about something like that, the, the window to sell high has arrived. He's coming off of a huge game, and you can probably get a decent haul for Tyreek Hill. But it, it's almost like Gurley. Like, he's a cooler version of Todd Gurley who's scoring every single week and he's getting pretty good numbers on top of it. If he, if he keeps it going without any type of a dry spell, there's nothing to complain about. And what you get with him each week when you start him is unlimited upside. The, the chance to have a game like he had today, if not a little bit better yardage wise. Are there five wide receivers that you would take ahead of him? I'd have to think about it. Let's do it. A- Adams, I know I'm taking Hopkins. Adams. I'm taking Hopkins. How about I'm Michael Thomas? Julio ahead of him. I'm not we, taking what, what Michael Thomas. Are we in? We're in full PPR. Uh, yeah, I take Michael Thomas. Are you taking DK Metcalf? No. Really? If Ridley were healthy, I'd probably take him. Yeah, I'm not saying I am not saying panic on Tyreek Hill. Uh, just he's performing kind of like a first rounder, and he's getting six targets most weeks. So maybe, but, he, but in fairness, he is one of the absolutely. few wide receivers who has done this in the past. Been a first round value in non PPR with six targets. He was a top three receiver with 95 targets or something. When. 2017, I believe it was. I'm saying non-PPR. He was the number one receiver 2018, I believe. But 95 targets, that's it? I'm looking it up. Yeah, look it up. Let me know. <laughs> Pittsburgh. another thing that's super important to spend time on. Pittsburgh 28, Baltimore 24. Ravens had the ball for more than 35 minutes. Um, all right, I'll do a believe it or not on this one then. Believe, we'll it, another one. believe it or not, J.K. Dobbins, the top 20 running back rest of season. <laughs> Dave, I want to believe, want to believe badly. I'm just nervous that the Ravens, no matter what, are going to use multiple running backs. Sorry, it was 105 targets. He had 75 catches, 1183 yards, and seven touchdowns. And that made him a top three wide receiver. I don't know if it was exactly that. He was a great fantasy wide receiver. Like I don't. I'm not trying to. What, bust what are your we butt trying here? to I'm, parse no, here nothing. with Tyreek Hill? I'm not. I'm just asking. I said something off the cuff. I, yeah, I, no, I get that. Exactly I do that. Factual. No, I just asking. I was confused here because no, I think I think the point is if you're not comfortable with what's happening with Tyreek, you could try trading him now while his value is at its highest point of the year. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm trading him. I'm just bringing it up. He was number really four that year. Him. I apologize. Uh, I was just asking Heath. You know, you do this to me like like five times a show. By the way, okay. So welcome to my world. I enjoy it. Uh. What was I? What was the question? Oh, top twenty. J.K. Dobbins, the top twenty running think? back, rest of the season. I think he can fall into it because the running back position is so fickle. Why are you asking this about J.K. Dobbins and not also Gus Edwards? That's a good point. They're they they should both be the co backs for Baltimore, and the Ravens should try and run it a ton. They're very good at it. Mark Ingram coming back is. A slight pain. 
worried about it. You should be. <laughs> I don't. I am hoping. Listen, the Ravens are really good evaluators of talent and making good use of the talent they have. And, and one of many exhibits of that was last year with Lamar Jackson. They'd be dumb to not use J.K. Dobbins in at least a part-time role in every single game for the rest of the year. Oh, talk to me about Mark Andrews. Where are you guys at with him? Three catches, 32 yards on six targets. Mm -hmm. And now here are his yards in seven games. 58, 29, 22, 57, 56, 21, 32. So he has not gotten to 60 yards yet. Yes, he catches a lot of touchdowns, but is he still a slam dunk, must-start guy every week? No. Wow. It really depends on who else you're talking about. And you almost can put Janu in the same bucket. Johnny's had some disappointing games over the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. They have been almost exactly the same person. Andrews has one more yeah. catch, three more yards, and the same touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. It's 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 wild between them. I think you're still starting them though for their upside. Kind of like what I said about Tyreek Hill, but on a much lower level and at a position where you know half the tight ends that start in a given fantasy league are going to be cross your fingers and hope they score. Their time machine, Jimmy Graham. Oh my God, Lamar Jackson! That is, that is one busted Delorean. Lamar Jackson is killing Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. <laughs> free, free Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati thirty-one, Tennessee twenty. Another time of possession game here. The Bengals had the ball for about thirty-six minutes. Tennessee for about twenty-four minutes. Heath, what's our believe it or not? Um, uh, believe it or not, John U. Smith is droppable. Don't believe it. This is I don't I don't love starting him. It's the whole he's got a lot of upside and he can always score argument for him. Has but he had I, a good game so. with AJ Brown? Yes, one game. Five catches, forty yards, two touchdowns against Buffalo. Since then, three games with thirty like like fifty yards combined in three games. That's his last three. And I don't know what he did in week one with A.J. Brown. but Four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Okay, so two games, two good games, but no more than 40 yards in any of those games. So he's relying on touchdowns. Jamie was like, I'm nervous about Corey Davis because A.J. Brown is going to get his and, and John who's going to get his, and you're not going to get three good play. And he just had the, he just switched Davis and John who basically, you know, and that's probably, mm -hmm. there's no way all three of them are going to be good most weeks. No. It's, Unfortunate. So, all right. Um, Jared Cook or Jonu Smith, rest of season? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, but I think it's Cook, as, as sad as that might be. You know who's sad right now? Joe Mixon managers watching Gio have these big games. Well, he's better than him. Everybody knows he's that. <laughs> okay, that's it for it, uh, for that game. T. Higgins, by the way, is just like 70 yards, 70 to 80 yards every week. Pretty reliable guy. Vegas 16. Cle yeah, Cleveland 6. Another time of possession game. This one was massive. Vegas had the ball for 37 minutes and 43 seconds. Cleveland for a little more than 22 minutes in this game. Heath, Vegas and Cleveland. Believe it or not, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are the only Browns you need to hold through their bye week. You know, I don't believe that. Yeah, we already talked about that that Landry is worth holding unless you absolutely need the bench spot. But that's it. Yeah, well, if you're yeah, desperate. There are, I, that's the thing I think I would disagree with is there. I would rather try to beat the waiver wire 
next week, then hold on to Jarvis Landry for two more weeks. I, I, I'm not going to feel comfortable starting Jarvis Landry in his next game. Uh, yeah, he probably needs to show it a little bit. He needs uh, to do something. He right. plays Houston. Yeah, yeah. I, I might be comfortable. I mean, yeah. He, he played the Raiders today. That's true. They're not he had 11 targets they're not today. As bad as, they're, they're not good, though. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like he should have had, he should have had 70 yards and a touchdown in this game. That's a big. If he would have had a huge game, you saw his drop. Should've. You saw his drop, right? I mean, that was a play he he needed to make. And uh, uh, the other guy is Hooper. You know, like look, they bar- they had the ball for 22 minutes. They couldn't throw. Baker Mayfield threw 25 passes. I know he's a low pass guy, but this was different. Um, but but it's. It's three quarters of their games this year with 219 yards or fewer passing. That's it's not the the exception was week seven against the Bengals. This was mm-hmm. not the exception. This was the rule. I get, yeah, sure. Uh, but I but still they don't th- spread the ball around much, right? So I don't see why Landry can't be a 70 yard guy per game. Oh, I think they I think they kind of do spread the ball around. They don't throw the running backs really. They don't, I think the spread. Uh, they don't, well, they don't, we stop. don't know because they don't have Beckham anymore. Right. Sure. I think that's that's my argument for Landry is <laughs> they had four different players with exactly three targets besides Beckham besides Landry, but theoretically, when Hooper comes back, that would be another person they would throw it to, right? Sure, but get rid of yes. Harrison Bryant and well, get rid of Najoku probably, and both yeah. of those tight ends will go down to one or two targets a game. Okay. Is Hooper getting the same type of target share he had before he got hurt? Yeah, and I don't know if I agree. Like, the last game that Hooper played, he had six targets, and Najoku had three, and Bryant had two. There was a game earlier where Hooper had seven, and Bryant had four. Uh, Hooper has two, in, at least two in every game but one, I think. I'm not going to try to predict the targets. I just think that Jarvis Landry is going to be their target leader. and I, w- I would agree with that. I Put it this way. If he were, were not having such a bad season, there would really be no circumstance where you wouldn't be excited about Jarvis Landry. Uh, even if they were a low-passing volume team, you'd be excited about Jarvis Landry without Odo Beckham, right? Uh, so just pretend we if were... he was tr- better? Yeah, if he had been playing better, right? If, 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 if Let's say we were like just drafting a season... I mean, season. he was a touchdown catch away from none of this conversation even happening we'd be pretty instead the conversation would be he had five catches for blah 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 yards and a touchdown he had 11 of baker mayfield's 25 throws go his way we'd be jazzed right that's that's what i'm kind of saying that that i i agree that argument would hold more water if he had a touchdown catch this season well he's a touchdown pass Heath. like give the guy some credit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's fine. There, there are going to be people who think that Jarvis Landry is a bust and they're going to drop him during the bye week. And that's fine. If you can afford to stash him, there are some matchups coming up that are favorable and it should work out for him. Number three receiver and PPR. Come on. If you're picking that up off the waiver wire, that's not such a bad thing. Miami 28 Ram 17. Believe it or not, Daryl Henderson's days as a number two fantasy running back are numbered. Uh, I, there's two ways that I could believe that. Number one, the injury that he had. We don't know the severity of it, but the fact that he didn't play in the second half isn't good. And number two, the fact that Cam Akers started to look like a day two draft pick and not a day three round seven pick. More importantly, didn't get treated like one. 
is important too. I'm I'm hesitant to feel good about Henderson as a number two fantasy running back. Okay, but there's uncertainty. And buy or sell. Uh, buy or the sell, sell like I, Heath Sigh on the Rams wide receivers. I'm sorry. Buy or sell what? Heath Sigh uh, on the Rams wide receivers. Like that's basically how I feel about them. What do you mean? They had both had great games. Bro, They're both number two wide receivers. Sixty-one times. Yeah, it's Robert that another rushing touchdown. You can count on that. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> I don't see how you can sit them. They find ways to produce. It has not hey, been. Is not start them. They're good. Uh, All right, I'll start them. Uh, Indianapolis forty-two, Detroit twenty-one. A game. Detroit barely had the ball. Twenty-two minutes and fourteen seconds. Heath, what do you got kind on this one? Theme for this week, huh? Yeah, it was a lot of lopsided possession times. Uh, Heath, Colts and Lions. Yeah. Um, Believe it or not, DeAndre Swift is not getting a feature role in Detroit anytime soon. Define feature role, please. Um, 12, no, 14 plus touches on a regular basis. Yeah, this game kind of makes me believe that. Why, though? Listen, Be- they, because the he running didn't backs play a ton. The running backs combined for eleven carries in this game. There just wasn't enough work to go around. This is why I be, the first Don't you thing think the Lions, if they were able to have a sustained run game, they wouldn't be in such a well, lopsided were time of getting blown out situation. You know, they were they, they were trying it earlier in the game. Yeah, well, look, they were ahead for like. The first quarter and a half, or something, weren't they? I think they have scored first. Didn't they jump out to a lead. They've scored they first in every seven game. Seven nothing, and then uh, Indy scored twenty points unanswered. They scored the first in every game this year. Uh, look, when when you the first thing you should do if you see your player like didn't get a lot of work, didn't what really disappointed is check time of possession. It's it's important. Twenty two minutes of fourteen seconds is extremely low. Uh, so there's that. I'm not even disagreeing. I just want to bring it up. Like they just didn't have the ball, and they weren't in the position to run the ball. You would have liked to see him catch the ball a little bit more. Like maybe when they're nine yards away from the end zone and Safford throws a pass in the flat to his running back and he's, you know. Oh, and it's carry on Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is he in? Why is carry on Johnson playing and not DeAndre Swift? Did okay. Swift get hurt and we don't know? I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of flummoxed by this because he was going in the perfect direction and it started to make me believe the Lions coaching staff were cut, was coming around on him, and now I feel Okay, cool. I'm going to make you happy. Schrager just gave me the snap counts. Swift, 38. Peterson, 12. Carry on, 11. Okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't complain about that part. Tell, tell me he about... He played a lot, uh, and he still didn't get the ball very much. Yeah, That's it happens. Super. Tell me about the impact of... Um, Kenny Galladay's injury because Marvin Jones is coming on a little bit here. He had two touchdown catches. He's 52% rostered. Good day for Marvin Hall. Danny Amendola was okay. If Galladay's out, what happens? The Lions suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Heath, if Galladay comes back, what happens? <laughs> the Lions. No, the Lions are, are mediocre with Kenny Galladay. Okay. Well, Look, are you going to pick it, up Marvin proved, Jones? I think it was good for... Am I picking up Marvin Jones? Yeah. yeah, maybe. He could be a guy that can fill in for some bye weeks. If you if Kenny Galladay is ruled out for next week, 
And your worst bench player is Jarvis Landry. Are you dropping him to pick up Marvin Jones? Do I need a receiver to start next week? You have a wide receiver that you rank at number 35 currently in your starting lineup. <laughs> and who do the Lions have next week? Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to make the move, I have to admit. I am tempted to drop Landry for Marvin Jones. I think Hawkinson can be a big winner out of this. The targets this week were excellent for him. Ten of them led the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of Marvin Hall. Well, first two games of the season without Galladay, he had um, actually decent production. He had four catches for... Oh, no, that's Marvin Jones. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't think he had good production. He had four targets in those two games. And Ted uh, Cephas had like right. 16 targets. In he had a big games. opportunity, and he right. blew it, and now he's on the bench forever. Also worth noting, Matthew Stafford usually throws about 32 times per game. This week, he threw 42. Last week, he threw 36. So it's good to see after three straight games of 31 passes, two straight games with 36 or more. Denver and Los Angeles. I cannot believe the Broncos won this game. Uh, really? By, uh, wait, have you not watched the Chargers game? In the last <laughs> do you know who they were playing? Uh, I think. Did you know? Do you know who the Chargers were playing? The Broncos are terrible. Thirty-one to thirty, Broncos win, and the Broncos only had the ball for twenty-four minutes and seven seconds. By the way, what do we got for this one? Buy or sell? Or believe it or not? Yeah, I think this one will probably be um, controversial, but believe it or not, Noah Fant is a top five PPR tight end rest of season. I thought about you throughout the entire game with Noah Fant. I feel like you're projecting him because he's great. I love him. I feel like you're projecting him as if he's on a good offense and he's on a terrible one. No, but he gets a nice target share. On a per-game basis, he's been number six this year. That's interesting. He's been better than Mark Andrews and Jonu Smith on a per-game basis this year. But that's weighed heavily by the first two weeks of the season. But he scored two touchdowns, and they've scored five. This is in full PPR. Is he just getting a lot of catches? Well, no, he had those two games early He on, has 29 he... catches in six games. Andrews has 23 in seven games. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, 35, to, 35 to 47 yards in four straight games. That's just not very good. Well, it it's not. And no touchdowns. But... But it's also a lot like Mark Andrews and Noah Fant. (laughs) Yeah. Mark Andrews Um, and who? uh, Mark Andrews and John Smith. Yeah. Hmm. Tight ends getting worse and worse every week. (laughs) It's, oh, it's like, it's by far the worst. All right. Look, you're, you know, you're not dropping him. You're probably starting Noah Fant. Let me ask you about Justin Jackson. This was a hell of a game for Justin Jackson. This is something that I was hoping for last week from Jackson. And Troy Main Pope got 15 touches in this game, and Josh Kelly got eight. There, there was kind of a period of time where Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly got sat down and we yeah. saw like the Troy yeah. man, Troy main Pope show. And he, he's not, I don't think no, no offense to Troy main Pope. That's not, that's not his role, but he did. He ran like a little firecracker and Justin Jackson <laughs> came back in and then he was a little bit better. And then they brought Kelly in at the very end and he was still a slug, but um, no, this was a good game for Justin Jackson. It's just that I'm afraid 
there's not going to be a lot of games where they have 45 running back touches to go around and he's not going to get more than 60% of them. But how many games are there going to be a Chargers running back with, uh, or three Chargers running backs getting a decent amount of work each? I think it'll usually be two. Yep. Yeah. But I think Jackson's, I think he's the best one. Yes. For now, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. When Austin Eckler comes back, he might be a little better. But for now, I think Jackson is is the best one. Pope left late in the game. He took a wicked hit. Mike Williams Um, had his best game of the year that Keenan Allen played or did not leave early with an injury, basically. That's true. Um, What did did you make of that? Five catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. I feel like he's really hard to predict from game to game. And at best, he's a number three receiver, like a boom-bust type of a flex play or number three receiver, like I said. Who do you like? Rank these three rests of season. Mike Williams, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy. I'm glad you brought up Judy because I'm wondering if he's starting to get it. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah, I'd go Judy, Williams, Patrick. If Patrick's healthy, I'm still going to say Patrick first, Williams second, Judy third. New Orleans 26, Chicago 23 in overtime, Heath. Darnell Mooney matters. I know. Bi-week guy in non-PPR. I used him as a bi-week guy in a couple of leagues this week. He has had five or more targets in six straight games now. And he's had... Like every week, there are two, and they, they they connected on it this week on one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but every week there are two or three times that Darnell Mooney has embarrassed the the person assigned to covering him, and is running just wide open down the field, and Nick Foles misses him by seven or eight yards. Um, but he's good. He can he can get open, and yes. he is their big play guy. And there will be a couple of weeks where Nick Foles is accurate. I'm not sure that there will be because he is really flirting with the bench. I mean, Troy Aikman was basically calling for Trubisky, and Aikman said that uh, that Matt Nagy said he's not making a change. So that there's he already that. committed to that. Yeah, when he made the switch in the first place. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I guess you have to bet on Foles keeping the job, but if you're in a two QB league and you're desperate, it's really not out of the question. Foles has I started been Mitchell horrible. Trubisky in a two B two QB league today. <laughs> I thought he was going to get benched. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, believe it or not, Anthony Miller is back. No. No, I do not believe it. I All right, it. one more game. Seattle, San Fran. Seattle with the 37-27 win. Believe it or not, DK Metcalf is back. <laughs> I believe it. I think next week you should start Tyler Luckett. Um, I'm going to start them both every week. feels like you're making yes. fun of me when you say that, as if Why? I was sitting Tyler Lockett. Why would I make fun of you? Oh, right, because I just kept saying that Tyler Lockett, he he's he's less than sixty yards every single time he gets a hundred yard game. I don't think I was ever on the show when you said that. Okay, I don't think you were either. So it'd be odd if I knew because I. Um, <laughs> yeah. <you said. laughs> yes. Yes. What else? What do we got here? Believe it or not, Brandon Ayuk is going to be the best rookie wide receiver rest of season. We've done this with like 17 rookie wide receivers mm-hmm. every time they have yeah, a good yeah, game. Yeah. No. I'm not so it's not CD it. Lamb, obviously. It can't, I mean, you can't say it's Justin Jefferson after today, can you? I'm not like today doesn't bother me at all with Jefferson. It was I agree. terrible weather and they threw 14 times. Yep. 
And I think T. Higgins will have something to say T. about Higgins it. Has and been... Chase Claypool will have something to say about it. Although I do wish Claypool was a little more. Well, what? He had one bad game last week. It's hard to say that he can't be consistent. Well, he has not a had a flight. He hasn't had a good game yet when Deontay Johnson didn't get hurt. Right, right. but how many good games has Ayuk had when Debo Samuel was played? I think that's the big split there to me is Ayuk was so obviously going to be good in this game. And uh, Debo, I I mean, I think Debo's better. I think Debo is more involved. If the, if the two of them were healthy, I would take Debo over Ayuk. So that's why I can't say Ayuk's the best rookie wide receiver because I think his numbers go down when Debo gets back. I will take T. Higgins, sirs. I mean, Ayuk's pretty lucky that Garoppolo got hurt. And I was not having a good day before Jimmy G got hurt. I think he was, I think he had like 60 yards. Actually, I don't, I don't know exactly what the numbers were now. He couldn't have been having that good time. No, it was like the beginning of the fourth quarter for Ayuk. But you know, you're right. He he had 25 yards on two catches. It was disappointing for the whole offense. Um, What do you think? Who do you think is going to be the best rookie wide receiver going forward? Oh, I don't know. Higgins is the Higgins most consistent. That's why They're, Higgins is probably the best bet. Yeah. Yep. Okie dokie, guys. And that's it. That's it. Start Russell Wilson. Thanks for Which listening. 49ers running back are you going to start next week? <sighs> Hasty. Yeah. You said that with some haste. <laughs> I know. So I was trying like, come on, think of a pun, think of a pun, think of a pun. I couldn't really think of anything. <laughs> they got the Green Bay Packers the short Swiss week. cheese. Swiss cheese defense, if I may say so, of Green uh, Bay, right? There cheese. There, yes. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> okay. And Dying. you choking on your own spittle. <laughs> I'm good. Goodbye. Let's, let's end the show. Bye, everyone. Talk to you on Monday. See ya.